Support for this podcast comes from Chemistry Labs. The Chemistry Group is an award-winning organisation that specialises in measuring potential and predicting performance in human beings. They do this for some of the largest organisations in the world, helping them deliver their business strategy and dramatically shift business performance. To ensure they continually bring innovation to their clients, Chemistry have recently formed their own lab, which will focus on exploring new ways to measure potential and predict performance through data science. For more information, please visit www.thechemistrygroup.com. That's www.thechemistrygroup.com. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 69 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Innovation and disruption are words that are used so often these days, it's sometimes difficult to spot technologies and approaches that are genuinely innovative and genuinely disrupt. I think this is a particular problem in the HR, tech and recruiting space. Last week, I was one of the several thousand attendees at the HR tech conference in Chicago, trying to find clues as to where our industry is going. In this special HR Tech episode of the show, you'll hear from a number of people that I met in my quest to discover HR innovation nirvana. First up are some thoughts from the travelling British contingent who are at the show. You'll hear first from Gareth Jones from Chemistry Labs, who did brilliantly in the show's Next Big Thing in HR competition. You'll also hear from Bill Borman, Kirsty Kelly and Robert Neary. So I'm currently standing on the expo floor at HR Tech, and it's absolutely massive. Um, There must be about 400 companies exhibiting here. Lots of people, very little chairs. So um, it's a a good place if you want to get your daily daily steps up. Hi, Gareth. How are you finding the event? Yeah, it's great so far. Excellent. Yeah, very busy. Great for us at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah, so you guys were up for the next big thing in HR Tech yesterday. How did you get on? We were indeed the next big thing. And we did really well for us. We came third, which we were really, really chuffed about, um, considering this is, we've kind of come from nowhere. We're new in the market in the US. So to come in from nowhere um, and get up on stage within, you know, do a five minute pitch and come third against the competition, we were really, really yeah, proud of that. Yeah, it was good. I, there was some, uh, the, you know, there was some frenetic voting, voting there. It was, uh, it was all, it was all very, it was all very interactive. So, what's caught your eye here? So, really, in this episode of the show, I, I want to sort of take the opportunity of being at HR Tech to, to to look at, you know, what the future is for HR Tech. So, there's hundreds of exhibitors here, all selling the next big thing. Um, sometimes the next big thing appears to be just a re- rebadged version of the last big thing. So we're trying to seek out some genuine innovation. Um, what have you seen so far? What's your, what's your feel from the show? Well, I mean, I, like you, I'm kind of trying to see, because we live it every day, I'm trying to look for something that's a little bit different. Um, and, you know, it's, there, there's not a huge amount, but I, my eye is caught by data and, and AI, as, we, as you know, we have many conversations about that online. Um, I saw um, the Olivia, which is this kind of like the automated kind of assessment, so automated uh, recruiter uh, personal assistant, if you like, 
Um, and there are a number of those around, you know, in operation at the moment. Um, from talking to them, they're really, it's just managing a conversation at the moment and the, the recruiter still has to do all of the decision making. Um, there's no pre-qualification. So actually, I'm not sure how what utility there is there at the moment because the recruiter's got to scoot back through the conversation with the AI and or with the bot or, and, and work out whether they're any good or not. It looks nice and they're promising that the, the, the algorithm will do some selection based on some criteria. But again, it sounds more like skills criteria. So from a chemistry point of view, we're thinking, how do you get the proper fit? But that was interesting. You can see it coming into our industry. The ones I really were interested in is a company called Randa. Have you seen them? I think I saw the guy um, do a presentation, actually. So it's kind of re trying to reinvent job boards or something like that? Or did I, did I miss the point? Well, yeah, kind of. They're, they're, what they, their pitch, I think, is... I can't remember how they put it, but they're trying to... They see the value in the individual. So they want to put the control back into the individual's hands. So they've got a model. So they're, you know you've heard of pre-revenue... These guys are pre-product. They've got a stand here. They don't have a product. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. Stand with no product. It's a nice stand as well. It's a, it's a very good stand. And uh, I, I'm going to quote this pre-product thing. Um, but the guy behind it has, has um, you know, bought, uh, launched and sold a couple of businesses already. And he's got an idea. So they're actually building a product right now. But they've come to market it forward. And their whole pitch is about um, giving the individual insight and control over their career. The business model is interesting because all of that functionality which is aimed at the individual is free and the functionality aimed at the client is also free. So they're hoping for free adoption and what they're trying to do is at the back end is use the data and monetize the data at the back end. So it'll be really interesting to see. But So basically what they're doing is great UX, focus on the user um, with you know a free distribution model and data science becomes the, the business model interesting it's the most unusual one i've seen so far yeah i think um there, there is an absolute flood of recruitment marketing platforms here i didn't quite know that there were um there, there were that many and some of them are doing some really interesting stuff but yeah i'm kind of guessing that data is um data is a kind of a massive massive theme um we're in the startup section of the um uh, of, of the expert at the moment and I'm, I can't quite count but there's probably um, 20 or 30 uh, companies um, in stands next to you um, it, obviously um, based on the fact that some of them can hear you talking um, who, who's, who's been interested in this little section what, what um, startups have you seen that have caught your eye um, well I mean do you know I, the thing that amazes me about this whole sector is that so if you take a look over there without them hearing me, you can see text messages, the new email, text recruit. Now, that kind of takes me back 10 years. I don't know about you. Um, and yet, here we have a startup business looking at using text messaging. And in fact, the uh, personal assistant recruitment, Olivia, that we talked about earlier, that every, that's their single channel, is text messaging. Um, so I'm struggling to see... I see a lot of startup activity, but I'm not really seeing anything truly innovative at the moment, even in this sort of startup zone. Um, it's not necessarily an innovation zone, is how I put it. Okay, that's interesting. I think that I think the text thing is interesting because even the um, the voting mechanism at the conference for the for the startup and everything is via text, and I think a lot of that is. Um, to, I, I think there's a kind of a difference in adoption in terms of text in uh, the US compared to Europe. So I think that um, some of it might seem like stuff that we've kind of sort of covered, you know, many years, yeah, many many years ago to varying degrees of success. But I think there is a different 
you know there is a different market there is a different market to um to, to, to that okay so um we've um, there's still there's still a sort of a you know a couple of days to a couple of days to go have you um what 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 are you sort of hoping to see any sessions that you're, you're going to go to or people that you'd like to meet yeah so definitely i'm interested in the 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 analytics and data science sessions i'm going to go to the footlocker footlocker session soon which is Infor's people answers where they've been you know using analytics and, and, and assessment data science which is kind of where we're aiming so I'm going to be dipping into those for some inspiration. Um, but I'm focused really on anything that's got kind of new tech in it. Um, the challenges with the sessions, you never know until you get in there whether it's actually going to be anything different. So, so yeah, So and more try and engage with more people here. It's busy, so yeah, we're liking it at the moment. Cool. Thank you, Gareth. Hi, I'm Bill Borman. I am MD of Innovation and Technology for Recruiting Daily founder of True Events, which hopefully some of your listeners will know, um, and I work with startups on advisory. So, Bill, um, as someone who is uh, on the pulse of innovation in this sector and is a regular visitor to HR Tech, um, what's been on your radar in, in this, uh, this particular show? What's, uh, what's different? What's surprised you? I think what surprised me and is different, um, and this is about, I think, seventh year I've been to this HR Tech show, is... The innovation has been coming from places that we wouldn't necessarily expect it. So, um, you know, probably the best thing I've seen is what IBM are doing, which has been driven out through Connexa and what they're doing with Watson and combining their products. I think Career Builder are doing some really interesting stuff um, with candidate sourcing platform. Workable, um, really impressed with what I'm seeing as a sourcing platform. I think in, in recruiting, we're splitting up a pre-apply stack and a post-apply stack as two different types of technology and trying to get as much of that in one place. So everything from career sites, managing, but also external sourcing, being able to grab data, information, build dynamic profiles. I think that kind of stuff at IBM, that innovation's coming from the old, the older names, the older established companies and the, um, the startups where we'd expect to see it, I'm actually seeing a lot of duplication the same content everyone's kind of saying it's employee engagement but no one can actually say this is what employee engagement is um so i I think what's happened is consolidation of players with a lot of money and knowledge and they've actually whether they've been playing a waiting game for a few years to see what happens but it seems to be this year that it's the big brands it's your career builders your indeeds your ibms who are bringing things that are making you go wow and the startups that are bringing things that are making you go that again. Thank you, Bill. My pleasure, Matt. Great to see you again. So my name's Kirsty Kelly. I run a business over in the UK called Launchpad, uh, a video technology in the HR space. And what brings you to HR Tech Chicago? Um, I was lucky enough to be invited by the Star Conspiracy to speak at the Influence HR event on Monday and then stayed on for the event to talk to a lot of the big um, big technology players and what it's allowed me to do is get really close to their product development teams, their affiliation uh, partner teams and um, just get sort of plugged into the into the heart of uh, HR tech. So what's been um, interesting for you from the conversations you've had? What, what, what is the future of HR tech? What's the message that's coming across from um, all of these um, literally hundreds of stands that we're, we're standing in front of? 
I've never seen so many um, platforms focused towards employee engagement and uh, employee well-being, um, which suggests that uh, they've all seen a real need. And I think there are some really interesting um, uh, ways they're looking, you know, putting a lens to that, that problem. Um, for me, though, I'm delighted to see that the big players are really the innovators. It's uh, There are some, some interesting new kids on the block, but... Um, there's some really cool stuff coming out from the success factors and IBMs of this world. Um, and and they're, they're stripping back their messaging. You know, I'm standing here looking at SAP success factors. Success is simply human. Oh, and obviously the stand that had the puppies on it. There was a stand with puppies on it. What, what was that all about? I kind of walked past and there was just this, this, this crowd of people um, who'd literally gone to the stand to see their puppies, which was, um, which was strange. So, so what was that about? So this this isn't a metaphor. There really were puppies on the stand. So um, so this was this was really smart. It's a, a, a well-being app. Uh, it's talking about employee or pe- people uh, mental people's mental health and physical well-being. And they've partnered with um, uh, a dog rescue. And I think it brings it back to the core of what we're all here for. I mean, yeah, it's all about technology, but it really is about people and about change. And I think they did a great job. And it was great to see the puppies. Thanks for talking to me. Hello, my name's Robert Newry. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Arctic Shores, and we create people insights from game technology. Now, are you actually exhibiting here? Do you have a, do you have a booth? Uh, yes, we're partnering with the German psychometric company, Cute, who have a US uh, presence, and they are our distributor outside of the UK. That's interesting. And, and, and how are you finding it? I mean, how are, um, how, how are people reacting to um, the, the, you know, what, you guys, what you guys are offering? So we've had um, some interesting reactions around people trying to get their mind about doing a completely different uh, approach to assessments. And part of the challenge for us and the interest for coming here is to see how do you communicate a totally new and innovative idea to an HR talent specialist who is very much uh, comfortable with the current way of doing things and their uh, current familiarity uh, with the normal type of assessment. I think that's really interesting, actually, because I think that's a challenge for lots of the lots of the organisations um, who are um, you know who are here, particularly um, some of the less well well less no, well known names. I mean, there's obviously lots of household HR names na- names here. Um, what you know, what, what's piqued people's interest? How what's what have you done that's sort of successful to um, you know to get people to think differently? Um, well, about assessment, which is obviously what you guys do. Yeah, my uh, way of doing that is, tr- and, and it's easier when you're actually, funnily enough, in a, in, a, in a large conference and you're talking about it, is to remind people that actually they're all a gamer at heart. We're all a gamer at heart, we've just forgotten it. And the example of that is rock, paper, scissors. And I have had people in uh, Washington, I've had people recently in Budapest, I've had people in Singapore all standing up, playing rock, paper, scissors, and explaining to them the psychology uh, behind rock, paper, scissors and what you can learn from people about that and then explain that we've just turned Rock, Paper, Scissors into a 21st century mobile app and then that's how uh, we start getting um, nice behavioural and psychometric measures. That's cool. So uh, taking the familiar that everyone's familiar with and then kind of, you know, using that as a metaphor to, to pull things on, that's, uh, that's excellent. Well, um, so looking around at the rest of the, 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 rest of the show, what's, what struck you about um, 
the state of HR technology at the moment? Where, where's the innovation? Where, you know, outside of assessment, where, you know, where do you think it's going? Yes, I mean, one of the things that I have noticed is, is, is very much around employee engagement. So we've been a bit more uh, around the candidate experience, but really what stands out here is the wellness, the trying to encourage um, employees to get engaged uh, in all aspects of the standard onboarding activities that they have to do uh, within an organization. And some really interesting apps and ideas as to getting people to get a little bit more involved again in what has traditionally been a, uh, a rather tedious activity that they've um, had to do within a company. Thanks very much for talking to me and uh, have, here's to having a successful rest of the show. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Matt. On day two of the show, I decided to focus on a particular area of HR tech. And I chose People Analytics because of the rapid adoption it's currently experiencing. In this segment, you'll hear from David Green, Global Director of People Analytics at IBM, Al Adamson from the Talent Strategy Institute, Chris Boderick from Be Near Global, and Manish Goal from relationship analytics company Trustphere. Hi, uh, David Green, Global Director of People Analytics Solutions at IBM. So how are you finding this particular conference uh, in Chicago? Well, it's actually the first time I've been to the HR Tech Conference in, in the US. Uh, it's certainly big. Um, there's some good speakers, some good sessions, um, a lot of vendors. And it seems this year's theme is everyone saying they've got AI in their solution, um, which I think probably warrants further investigation as to how many really do have AI uh, in their systems. Um, and then if I look at the kind of the analytics space, there's some, there's some pretty good vendors here. Most of the, a lot of the big vendors now um, have, have developed analytics capabilities in their platforms, like we have at IBM. Uh, but there's lots of really interesting smaller um, organizations and startups here as well, like HiQ Labs, who won an award yesterday, which is nice to see a workforce analytics product win. Um, there's also Cruncher, uh, based out of Amsterdam, very interesting data aggregation uh, product they've got. Um, one model. And of course, Vizier, although I don't think we can call Vizier a startup anymore as well. They seem to be going from strength to strength. Now, the good stuff for me is that if these companies are going from strength to strength, it means that the market for people analytics is growing and more and more organizations are adopting um, analytics within HR, which personally I'm very passionate about. And I think it's very important both for organizations, but also for the employees within the organizations as well. Before we talk a bit more about people analytics, which, which we will, um, I just want to come back to the AI thing because it, um, you're not the first person who has um, expressed um, some kind of concern about the, the banding around of the, of the term in a, in a kind of bandwagon fashion. Could you, could you explain a little bit more about what you mean, you know, what, what is AI and what isn't AI? Well, I think AI is where the machines are learning um, and are able to, uh, you know, teach or advise people. I think advisory or bots, I think, is the, probably the way this is going to go initially. And I'm not sure that the people, most of the organizations that, that say they have the AI capability are able to do that. I mean, we've, we've obviously developing this sort of capability at IBM through Watson, and we're increasingly using that within the HR space as well. But you can imagine the, amount, the number of years and the, the, the number of man hours and the, the investment that's gone into to doing it at IBM. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's this year's analytics, isn't it, really? So last year, everyone said they had analytics in there, particularly in their recruitment platforms. And all I could see was some pretty nice-looking dashboards, but 
not really analytics. So, um, so yeah, I think AI is this year's analytics. There we are. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good way of putting it. I think we've got what we've got is we've got genuine AI, and then we've got AI as marketing. And um, I think you know I've seen a couple of solutions which um, are kind of bot chat messenger based, and um, they're, they're 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 you know they're very good for what they're doing, but they're just following a script. So you know if 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 this x equals y, please go to page seven, kind of um, kind of thing. So uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, particularly talking to you guys um, about the sort of machine learning stuff and and and, and that kind of thing so just to come back to analytics obviously being your um your area of uh, expertise um i mean how do you think the market has developed in the last um in the last you know couple couple of years since, since it became you know such a such a big thing that people were were, were talking about what what are the um, what are the real trends what's on your radar what what are your sort of clients saying to you i think um you know interest levels of continue to grow but i think it's gone from just interest now into to adoption Still, there are more organizations that haven't embedded analytics in HR than there are that have, uh, but the number that have does seem to be growing. Um, and certainly at this conference and other conferences that I've attended, you know, we've kind of moved beyond the why uh, to, the, to the what and the how. Um, and there's some very clear messages that seem to be coming out in this conference and, and the other ones that I've been to this year focus on the business. You know, analytics is the, you know, the opportunity to solve business problems. Uh, that's what it should be about. Um, Al Adamson chaired a panel uh, before lunch today. Uh, people like Peter Howes were on there, you know, and, and even across all the vendors that were represented on that panel, you know, it was fairly clear that, you know, even though obviously they're there to try and push their technology products, you know, it's not all about technology. Technology will help you get on the way, but it's far more than that. And for many organizations, it's a culture change. Um, both within HR and, and actually externally and within the organization as well. So I think that's probably why the adoption hasn't been as quick as maybe some predicted, um, you know, a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's coming along. There's lots of people doing really good work, which is always good to see. Fantastic. So final question, what's the thing that surprised you the most on this trip? Oh, that's a good question. That's actually put me on the spot for the time being. Um, actually, I... I it's, uh, I think it's the way that people are prepared to collaborate. Um, again, because analytics is a growing space. I think vendors and practitioners are mostly quite open in terms of talking about the pit, some of the pitfalls, some of their experiences, sharing lessons learned with, with their peers. And I think that's good because I think, you know, if we collaborate together, we can accelerate the space forward much quicker um, and help organizations actually get benefits from the investments they're making in this, in this space. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Matt. Enjoy the rest of the show. Hi, I'm Al Adamson, the founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy Institute. We're an education and advisory firm building community on people analytics and the future of work. Fantastic. And uh, what brings you to HR Tech Chicago? Uh, I've had the good pleasure of coming to HR Tech for the past uh, 10 years or so. And I've spoken, I think this year was the sixth time that I either participated on a panel or uh, did a session and uh, at 11 a.m. this morning we had five thought leaders and technologists talk about the future of people analytics technology and it was a lot of fun and I was honored to be a part of it. And what was the what was the kind of main theme of that? So in a in a in a in a 30 second soundbite what was the what was the conclusion you came to in terms of you know what what was the future? Analytics is massive and we need to think about it systematically. In other words, there's a lot of different types of analytics. There's not just one 
okay, that's an analytics technology. There's talent market analytics and turbo labor market analytics. There's uh, social network analysis, natural language processing, and on down the line. So we need to be open-minded about what's possible and really be attentive to what leaders want or need to know and make sure the appropriate analytics are being done to help answer those questions. And from the, um, you know, from the expert itself, in terms of all the things that are going, that are kind of going on here, what, what are you seeing as the key themes, and what, what are you thinking that the, um, you know, the HR community are sort of most interested, most interested in? Well, culture, engagement, th- those types of themes. At the same time, it's all about the interactivity with the technology, because the more employees interact with it, the more data is going to be there. The data quality is going to be better, thus the ability to derive insights from that data is going to be better. So a lot of engagement, culture type themes, which I'm actually celebrating. I'm very excited that it's because historically it hasn't been about that. That's been viewed as too flighty. But now many are realizing it's fundamental to how they attract and retain key talent and drive high productivity and so forth. So really the kind of relationship between people and technology and, you know, the analytics that that, that, that kind of that throws off. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I think that's certainly something that's, um, you know, certainly something that I've, you know, that I've noticed sort of walking around this absolutely massive <laughs> expo. expo for. It's nice to be sitting down, actually, to, to be talking to you. Um, I, I suppose, so, so, so final question, what, um, you know, there's about 24 hours of the, of event, of the event left, uh, left, uh, left to run. Um, what are you looking for or what are you looking forward to in, in the rest of your time here? The rest of my time here is having a good time and connecting with people. Uh, this event is the flagship event in our discipline. And so, as I shared earlier, and I firmly believe it to be true, is that we do very little alone. Uh, the greatness of our community is what is advancing the practice, meaning it's not one vendor going off and trying to do magic behind the door, nor is it one company doing magic. It's like we're, we're sharing knowledge, we're sharing ideas, and we're trying to help leaders make better decisions. We're trying to have a, an employee experience that is a desired place to be and a, a desired place to go. So given this community, you know, I'm interested in connecting with people I haven't touched base with yet and, and nurturing new relationships, you know, getting deeper into existing relationships. I mean, it's just, it's, it's about the people for me at this point here on out. Fantastic. Well, on that note, very nice to meet you. Yeah, well, likewise. Nice meeting you. Thanks for having me, Matt. Hi, my name's Chris Broderick, and I'm the CEO of Be Near Global, a company focused on people analytics, engagement, and social analytics. Fantastic. And uh, what brings you to Chicago? I actually live in the Chicago area, so fantastic to have an event like HR Tech come to Chicago. And how are you finding HR Tech? What, uh, you know, what are the themes that are coming out? What, what, what do you think the sort of state of um, in- innovation is in, in your particular sector of HR? Yeah, it's exciting to see this whole notion of AI and natural language processing is really coming to the forefront. Um, having a history, a legacy of spending about 14 years at IBM, I was part of a team that that brought natural language processing into analyzing social data. So really excited to see this extrapolate across the marketplace. That's cool. And what what are you seeing as a sort of the the, the best use cases of that? So extrapolating, uh, you know, extrapolating that data, all all of the social stuff that's going on. What you know, how's that kind of manifesting itself practically? Yeah, I think what's really fantastic about it is that it can exponentially um, 
speed the rate of change. While I was at IBM, we saw how change can happen much more quickly, that people who have a concern in a particular area can raise the concern on a social platform. And then through natural language processing, we can understand across the enterprise the importance of that concern and then bring that to bear with the right resources at the executive level and actually change policy. Fantastic. Um, I was slightly distracted there because um, as, as you were talking, a robot went past. Well, not kind of a robot, a, 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 thing, a thing on wheels. So, um, so there we are, you know, <laughs> living, living, living the dream. But, um, you know, that's, um, um, you know that, that's, that's really, really interesting. And um, what surprised you the most? Um, you know, what's the most surprising thing you've sort of come across at this event? You know, what I found um, a new insight to uh, what's happening in the hiring space, actually. There's a company, a startup called Unitive, that's doing some exciting work about taking bias out of the hiring process, both on the side of the way that job descriptions are written and as well as information that comes to an employer about a person's resume, using algorithms to replace wording that is unintentionally creating a bias for the person who is receiving that information. So I think really exciting to only tee up um, self-selected resumes where a person, uh, um, someone reviewing those resumes doesn't understand whether it's a male or a female, doesn't understand whether it's a person of a particular nationality or culture. Um, and instead they come up with the resumes that best fit the criteria that they have established at the beginning of their session, um, which I think is just a fantastic advance for really getting to the right people and not unintentionally biasing those selections. Thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you. Hey, I'm Manish Gohl. I'm the CEO of Trustphere. So what does Trustphere do? Explain it to me. Yeah, so what Trustphere does is we do something that we call relationship analytics. So it's really social network analytics and organizational network, uh, organizational network analytics. So the way I describe it is when people think about social, they think about Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. We don't do that. What we do is we work with enterprises to understand them from narrow cast communication. So think about email, voice, IM, SMS. What we're able to do is understand the social graph for an organization based on, the, on, on conversations that we're seeing. So one thing is we never ever touch content. So we never look at the content of any messages. We don't even look at subject lines and emails. But what we're doing is continuously listening and understanding from, com from communication flows that are going on, what that social graph looks like. What that does is it gives us a huge insight into what the organization looks like and how work really gets done in the organization. So basically, you're, you're sort of taking all this data from, um, you know, from email, uh, you know, IM, all these kind of, um, all these forms of sort of internal communication. Um, and and you're, you're really kind of tracking relationships. Would that be the, the sort of best way to describe it? Yeah, absolutely. So we're taking basically data from communication and collaboration systems, and we're tracking and understanding relationships that exist both internally between employees. So I call that the inside inside view and between employees and customers, suppliers and partners, which is an inside outside view. And we use that really to transform the way people understand their organizations. And we, we're very big on democratizing data. So ensuring that individuals get, uh, get an understanding of their own relationship networks. I trust me, we firmly believe that an individual's relationship network is a, is a very valuable asset for them. And collectively across the organization, it's incredibly valuable as well. So being able to understand, to track, and measure relationships allows an organization to leverage those relationships in really interesting ways. 
And what are some of the, the kind of outputs or, or use cases for that? So, uh, you know, practically, if I'm an organization, you know, what am I getting and how can I use it? So one of the simplest use cases for this is around onboard, around offboarding and onboarding, so transitioning. So one of the things that people, people don't do is they don't necessarily maintain relationships in a systematic way. What we at Trustfear are able to do is when, when an employee leaves, we're able to press a button and see all of the relationships they've had in an organization. I just want to distinguish between connections and relationships. Most people use LinkedIn. We have like a thousand connections on LinkedIn. How many of those are real relationships? Very few. And what we're understanding is the real relevant relationships that exist for between an employee and either other employees or between customers, suppliers, and partners. So from an, onboard, from an offboarding perspective, it means it makes it very easy to get a transition report generated, which says here, are, if John was leaving, here are John's top 50 relationships that he has with his, his customers or internally. What that does is it allows, the, allows a line manager to effectively transition those relationships over systematically. But secondly, it allows Jenny, who is going to be taking over John's position, to have the same report as an onboarding report. And what that does is it allows her to accelerate her performance in terms of being able to get to know the relationships she needs to build. In fact, we've got some great stat, we've got some great data on this, which is we've been able to find with clients that they could take, for, for, they could take what typically takes three months to get a sales rep um, onboarded and, and productive. They can bring that down to one month. So if you think about that from a bookings perspective, it means you accelerate booking the revenue. Absolutely, and that's um, you know that that's that's fantastic, and it's like you know what a brilliant brilliant way of um, you know making use of, of of data that otherwise people probably wouldn't even 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 look at. Um, so, just a sort of final question, you know, the the, the show in general, this kind of massive um, expo hall that we're sort of standing at the back of. Um, what you know, what 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 are your thoughts? What have you spotted? What, what's your sort of other takeaways from um, some being immersed in this environment for a couple of days? Well, the first thing that we're finding is this. It's, it's a very big show. So there's a lot of players that we're seeing in the HR space. The analytics space in itself is starting to evolve significantly. There are players who are playing and talking about analytics in different ways, which people weren't talking about years ago. And I think there's an increasing awareness around that. What we are, though, finding is, and particularly what I've seen, is there's a lot of people who are typically doing the same sort of thing in here. And the larger players have some level of innovation. In fact, we're working very closely with IBM uh, around some of their innovation as well. Uh, but, uh, but we're finding some of the startups also have some of the innovation that's available to them. Fantastic. Thank you very much for, for sharing that with me. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks. It seems appropriate to give the last word to an HR practitioner. Here are some thoughts from Neil Morrison from Penguin Random House. Hi there, my name's Neil Morrison. I'm the Director for Strategy, Culture and Innovation at Penguin Random House UK. So, uh, what brings you to Chicago? Well, I've come across to, one, to speak, um, but two, also to explore what's going on in the technology world in the US. I think often a lot of the things in the US break before they come to the UK. And so to get, get a sense of what might be coming our way over the coming months and years. And based on what you've seen, what, where, where do you think the innovation is in HR technology, sort of, you know, according to everything that, that, that's at this show? I mean, there's a lot of concentration on talent acquisition, and I think that seems to be where most people are putting their time, effort and money. Um, and in some ways, that kind of uh, is a little bit disappointing because I think there's a whole range of areas within HR which would benefit from technology innovation, which just isn't happening. Um, and what you tend to get is almost the same kind of process, the same talent acquisition processes being replicated by numerous vendors. And I think, you know, in some ways, the challenge is really for people to spread their ambition into some of the different areas. 
that said, there have been some really interesting products that I've seen that actually look at maybe some of the less glamorous uh, parts of the work. One of the things I've, I've noticed is a, is a, is a new phrase that, that um, I, I, I've come across, which is millennial recognition platform. Um, well, uh, there seems to be a huge amount of kind of employee engagement um, pla- pla- platforms here. Um, I mean, what's, what, are your, what are your thoughts kind of around that and technology's role in that? So I'm a little bit skeptical about the power of the badge in really kind of creating recognition for people. And I think in some ways it feels like a really easy thing to do because people look at gaming and they say, oh, everyone likes to get crowns or everyone likes to get jewels or everyone likes to get something. So let's take that into the workplace. Um, for me, recognition and employee experience is about a, a holistic approach to you know, th- that employee journey. It's not about taking one sing- single element. Um, that said, you know, I'm 42, 43, so what do I know? Maybe it works for millennials and it doesn't work for me. Finally, what, um, what are you talking about later? I'm talking about employee-centric workplaces, not employee-eccentric, which is really about how you use technology to create excitement for employees and and for candidates, but in a way that takes a customer service approach to it rather than looking at it from a kind of simplification of HR process. So something that's really based on the individual and creating an environment for them that excites. My thanks to Neil Morrison, Gareth Jones, Bill Borman, Kirsty Kelly, Robert Neary, David Green, Al Adamson, Chris Broderick, and Manish Gull. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, and via your podcasting app of choice. Just search for Recruiting Future. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week. And I hope you'll join me. This is my show.